calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Everything woke turns to shit. Now well, my name is Tim. Most people call me Jim. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Welcome back, everyone, to the Done Right Podcast. Today, we're talking about the scariest thing on the planet right now. We're talking about the root of all evil and the cause of all of our problems. No, it's not inflation or global warming. How dare you! It's not the devil himself, although the way we talk about it, it ought to be. It's men. It's raining men. Hallelujah, it's raining men. I'm obviously being sarcastic, yet in all seriousness, the left has taken out a war on men and masculinity. You may even have heard the phrase toxic masculinity. This phrase started off to mean the biffs of the world. Hello? Hello, anybody home? Huh? Think, McFly, think! Or what I like to refer to as just general assholes. Who likes jerks? Biff isn't the hero in Back to the Future, or anyone's story for that matter. Most of the commonsensical people went along with this. I mean, nobody likes that dad screaming at his kid on a Saturday afternoon Little League game, right? A concession foretold by the give an inch, take a mile saying. Toxic masculinity became the new way of beta males and feminists to shame men into doing things they deemed as more favorable behavior. Donald Trump was toxic masculinity, and now we see Ron DeSantis being labeled in the same way. It moved into our beloved sanctuary of sports. No more taunting, hyper-competitiveness, or rivalries. LeBron has to be friends with everybody on every team. No more... Uh, being competitive, we all join together on a, one team and try and win a championship. These were all no more trash talking or keeping score. These were all products of toxic masculinity. The military was not even allowed to be aggressive or break things as it was meant to do. Just last week, my precious Air Force instituted safe space for airmen. As if it wasn't enough that we were seeing the socioeconomic impacts of fatherlessness in the United States. With increased crime and poverty, we decided that we were gonna nerf all remaining male figures. Look what you see on TV. We went from the Tim Allens of the world to the Phil's from Modern Family. The father who works hard to put food on the table for his family is labeled dumb and dull, while the effeminate and non-traditional dads on TV are being portrayed as intelligent and superior. I don't always make great decisions under pressure. What the hell is that? An alpaca, I got the last one. Gender constructs started to hit back as feminists became politically homeless. They saw their safe spaces invaded people like William Thomas shattering women's records, but it still doesn't fix the hole that they left in our societal structure. With strong male figures lacking in our society, the question now becomes, where do we go from here? Today's, uh, today's guest is a journalist who is not afraid to tackle the tough issues and share with us what she really thinks about everything. Welcome to the uh, show, the host of Common Sense on Real America's Voice, Anna Perez. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Hey, Anna, first of all, I want to congratulate you for your show running and having more viewership than CNN+. Plus. 
So oh, that was well, thank you. Yes, low bar, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. So uh, recently, you just filmed an episode on your show, Common Sense, um, about masculinity and um, everything that's going on, especially in America, with masculinity is such a hot topic right now. With uh, everything that's going on in the news, kind of, I would want you to kind of give me a state of masculinity from the viewer, the view, the viewpoint of a conservative woman today. Right. Well, I interviewed on the show Andrew McCarthy, and one of the things I said to him after showing clips of the mainstream media, mostly men on the mainstream media, talking about how it's such a bad time to drop to uh, drop the mask mandate on airplanes and trains and everything and the whole transportation thing and how what bad timing it is because people are dying or you need to protect other people. It's so selfish to not do that. And I thought to my, I told him, I, I said, you know, it's absurd that I'm expected to be attracted to this guy, to like the men that exist today. I'm not. And most women are in the same boat as me. And the irony in it is even liberal women who, you know, say, claim to support this sort of uh, behavior, this, um, this whole COVID obsession, uh, fearing a virus with a less than 2% mortality rate. Um, they claim that that's where they stand, but not even they want to reproduce with these men. And, you know, it sounds like I'm being, um, you know, hyperbolic here, but I'm really not. I'm just being completely honest and, and raw. This is the reality for women today. You know, people are having less kids today. Well, I would say that it actually has something to do with the fact that many women don't trust these men to have kids with. I mean, how could you trust a man who fears a virus of that low of a mortality rate? I mean, in, you know, in Revolutionary War times, there were 16-year-olds going to fight for their country. So even beyond that, in World War II, kids would lie about their age. They were going to war as young as 14, 13 years old. It's just absurd that we are where we are. And you know, I have plenty of theories on why that is exactly, but the reality is, as far as the state we're in today, there aren't a whole lot of men that are actual men. And, and especially for women like me, coming from a conservative perspective, I feel like I have more testosterone in my body than these men. So it's incredibly, like, unattractive to me to um, get, knowing that if I'm going to get into a relationship with someone, it's I'm likely going to be the man in the relationship. So it's like, it's absurd. I don't want to see a man cry. I don't want to see you be scared of this virus. Like, man up, honestly. No, absolutely. And so um, you, you talked about this. You know, even the liberals uh, don't want to be procreating with, with the men that are in uh, today's society. How much of that of public policy do you think, like, uh, abortion and welfare, some of these liberal policies have attributed to uh, the current state of manhood right now? Well, I think what's happened, and you can look at history for evidence of this, it's been happening since the 60s, really. Um, but basically, we told uh, men that they were useless. We told, that, we told them that, you know, women need to be, we told women they need to be in the workforce. So they left the home, they stopped caring for their children, they stopped being homemakers. Then they went into the workforce, they became men. And then men were like, okay, well, we're not needed. And then on top of that, that's when LBJ's, you know, war on poverty came in. We saw these large government programs women started relying on the government as their provider rather than the man that they were married to or the man that they had kids with. And then men were kind of pushed out of the way. And so then they started leaving. And now you have a lot of fatherless families. And, you know, it's been increasing since the 60s, if you look at statistics. And it's just, it's very sad because men have been told that they're not, they're not worthy. They're not, they're not useful in the workforce. And women have been told, you know, you can be a man. And all that feminism has really done for women is it's given women more work, more work to do, more responsibility. Like, it's very difficult to be a woman today 
um, because you're expected to have kids. You're expected to be this amazing mom, but you're also expected to have this amazing career. You're expected to be a lawyer, a doctor, whatever, and it's just not really feasible. It's not it's not something that, that is uh, sustainable in society if we're going to have great families, if we're going to have these great families. And that's, and that's why you see all of this happening in schools as far as there's the left social agenda being able to uh, happen, essentially, because women are not at home anymore. They're not really looking at what their kids are doing. Um, they're not looking at their homework. They're not working with them. They're not, they're not as involved in their children's lives. And that's why the schools were able to do this, like in Loudoun County and everything. But I do think that because of that, as a result of that, we're seeing a resurgence now because for so long, Republicans were focused on the economy. They were focused on, you know, the uh, free market and they were focused on making that appealing to everyone. But in that time, we've sort of abandoned uh, how to sustain uh, American, the, the American, the nuclear family, essentially. We've, we've abandoned that idea. And now we're going back to that um, as the Republican Party goes back to that. I think we're going to see a much brighter future for America. But yeah, as it stands, it's um, a lot of these government, these welfare programs have allowed women to rely on the government as essentially the man in their life, which is really sad. No, absolutely. And I think you hit on a really good point where it just seems like, you know, there's more women in the, are coming out of the household. More kids are being raised by the tablet um, rather than their parents. Uh you're starting to see a lot of these effects, especially with social media, dating apps, um, and how they're having this effect on the society. You know, you go on social media as a man and you all you're, you're bombarded with things of toxic masculinity and, uh, it's not okay to do this or that as a man. And, um, you look, uh, especially as a man, you know, I'm a, I'm a big sports lover and it seems like every single time I look left and right in my favorite sports, the NFL, the NBA, um, we're just nerfing the sport and making it more feminine and uh, oh, let's make it more equal. You look into sports in general and it doesn't seem like uh, we even want to have those placeholders between men and women in sports. I mean, we saw with Leah Thomas and, and that controversy, uh, we're starting to see it even more with weightlifting. I think the uh, woman's weightlifting record was like 200 pounds and a uh, transgendered male uh, went in and shattered it, made it 600 pounds. Um, with these social structures, I guess, like, like online dating and, and social media is like, you know, how much of, a, of an effect do you think that that's, that really has on it? Or, um, you know, in the liberal policies, uh, how do we get the, our kids away from kind of like that kind of junk? Yeah, well, just to uh, piggyback on what you said there, it's not even just sports. It's actually the military, too. We're feminizing basically any uh, outlet that it had historically been sort of male dominated, anything that had been historically more associated with, you know, men, uh, and for good reason, I want more men in the military than women, uh, for physical reasons, obviously. Um, but you know, it's, it, so basically everything's been an attack on anything masculine has become feminized because in our culture, that's deemed better when you are more inclusive, when in reality, there are certain, uh, instances where that's not, especially not the case. Um, but as far as like dating culture goes, I think what, what has happened more than anything is we've convinced men and women that we are the same, that we are, there's no differences. And what that does is it confuses us in the dating world because we don't know what to look for or what, how to cater to our partner because it's like partner, that sounds liberal, uh, to like whoever you're dating, man or woman, uh, if you're a man and you're dating a woman, like you don't know what the woman wants because you've been so brainwashed to believe that men and women are the same. So we have this society where, you know, we're seeking, um, a lot of men seek out sex, you know, and they assume that women are, I don't think it's, 
I do think that they, they've taken advantage of this hookup uh, culture, the whole, femi- the whole feminism thing where like feminists have been like, we want free sex, we want this. But I also think there is an element of just, you know, not being aware of what women actually want. They see women as the same as themselves because they've been brainwashed to think that way. So what happens is they then think, oh, women must want sex too. They must just want to, you know, sleep with everything that moves just like I do. Not to say that women, men necessarily always think that way, but they're certainly out seeking sex more than women are. You know, women tend to be a little bit more selective. That's scientifically proven. We all know that. Um, and even women have been to a degree, they've, they've sort of, uh, they've sort of fallen into that rabbit hole as well because they also have been convinced to think that they should want sex. They shouldn't seek a re- meaningful relationship. So you have two things going on. You have women who are confused, who don't know what, they're really, what they really want. They've been brainwashed by society to think that they also want meaningless sex. And then men who, you know, more times than not would be okay with that to a degree more than women and assume that therefore women would also be okay with that. So everybody's just living this lie that isn't realistic at all. I mean, if we actually were honest with ourselves, both men and women ultimately want, everybody wants love. Ultimately, they both want a meaningful relationship. Sure, I'm not saying that they don't. But if we were honest with ourselves and we knew what what each other were seeking, I think people would find that there's a lot less depression, a lot less loneliness in the world if, um, you know, men were able to understand what women really wanted and and women were able to understand what men really wanted. Because ultimately... All that happens is you just end up unhappy, um, and a lot of men wind up dating women who uh, go into come who if they do wind up in, in a relationship with these women, uh, they have a lot of issues with it because you know maybe these women have a lot of you know trauma in the past from sleeping with you know many many men or even men do too, and and that's the problem is it's just this meaningless society where we're all just sleeping with everyone and it's not really what anybody really wants, but specifically what women want. And, and it makes things very confusing in the dating world because now we're just taught to see each other as amorphous blobs that we're all just the same. And, and that's not true. There are boundaries and there are, you know, gender roles are very, very important. Um, everybody has a very specific role in society, uh, whether you're male or female. Not, it's not that one is better than the other. It's that we have very important roles. And what happens is when we veer into each other's lanes as far as what those roles are, you see a lot of unhappiness. And you see, even if we don't, we don't vocalize it. Uh, there is a lot of unhappiness. You see suicide rates go up. Um, you know, I, I knew I won't get into this, uh, this story, but I knew I've, I've known uh, a lot of actually divorces to happen because the man was the stay at home father and the woman was the breadwinner. And, you know, they were ultimately unhappy. I know more divorces that have happened in that, those situations, those cases, than in families where the women were the, the homemakers or, or were not the breadwinners at the very least. And uh, the, me- the men were the breadwinners. So it's just, you can see this unhappiness play out in our divorce rates as well. I mean, it's no coincidence that divorce rates have also risen in, the, in, in uh, recent years. So, you know, who's really happy at the end of the day with this new culture we've created? Really no one. No, absolutely. And I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, there is a kind of a, a little bit of a, a factor that I feel like isn't really talked about enough. Uh, kind of this rise of like, uh, my friends like to call it girl boss culture, right? Um, where, you know, the fe- the, fir- the next wave of feminism has uh, brainwashed women into thinking, okay, you know, exactly what you talked about. Hey, you need to be doctors and lawyers and and such. But not, not only that, but you need to act like men. Uh, being very sexually promiscuous, being, you know, mm-hmm. like having not giving no shits, like 
acting like the most toxic versions of men that we always talk about um, and not filling, you know, going into the responsibilities. Um, and we're, we're kind of seeing this a little bit highlighted more in, in the media. Obviously, we saw uh, Will Smith in the slap, right? And all right. of the things that came out of that um, with Jada Pickett Smith and, uh, you know, how that goes in. And so I wanted to show you a real clip, a quick clip real quick. Um, God, that's so hard to say uh, um, about like um, basically Jada forcing on Instagram live uh, Will Smith to apologize for everybody about this and kind of like ha we'll break it down after but I want to show you the clip first. I don't know if you've already seen it. You know, Esther Perel is coming to the table. She's going to be at the red table. Would you say she has been instrumental in you and I redefining our relationship? I would say don't just start filming me without asking me oh my goodness. if you could film Astaire, me. Astaire, come help us again, please. I'm still dealing with foolishness. Don't, no, nah, no, nah, she, yeah, cause she don't just. Would you say that she helped us heal the hurts that we caused between one another? My social media presence is my bread and butter, okay? So you can't just use me for social media and not, you know, don't just start rolling. I'm standing in my house. Don't just start rolling. Don't Please stop. watch a stare at the red table because she's. Table because she's. At the red table because she's. So, yeah, I wanted to show you that because it, it, it just it's this, this kind of girl boss moment where it's like, look what I can do. I can demasculate my man. I can, right. uh, you know, I'm the boss in this relationship. He, I, he does what I say. And guess what? If you don't like it that way, I'm going to go out and I'm going to ruin your career. Uh, Jada Pickett Smith, obviously just sleep, uh, sleep. I don't know how Will Smith puts up with this, but it's going around sleeping with any, any old person that they want. Well, well I'll tell you how Will Smith like, is now in a situation. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll tell you why why he puts up with it. I mean, kind of what I was going back to before, men and women don't understand each other because we're told we're the same. So men, women, uh, men think women want sex. Women think that men um, want them to be this girl boss because they're told that, you know, by, by the media, as you mentioned, also by the dominant narrative that they need to be this girl boss, they need to be this career woman. They, they think, well, if I'm being told to be that, that must be what men want. They must want this ambitious woman, uh, you know, because I want that in a man. I want an ambitious man. What woman doesn't want an ambitious man? Well, therefore, he must want that in me as well. So they become this, this girl boss culture has, you know, reigned supreme in, in this day and age. And now you have women like Jada Pinkett Smith who are married to, you know, Will Smith. And Will Smith's like, obviously not happy. Um, but he thinks he has to put up with it because that's what everybody does now, right? But nobody's truly happy. We're all living this lie. We're just told by these the media that we have to be that way and that he has to put up with that because she's a girl boss. She's a badass woman, you know. She she knows what she wants and that's not attractive, okay? Men don't find that attractive and and women don't find it attractive when you put up with them sleeping with other people. So even Jada is not happy in that situation. So nobody's truly happy and that's what's so bizarre about all this and yet it happens all the time. It's just people are not actually listening to themselves and thinking you know what they actually thinking about what they actually want and it's, it's very sad it's hard because it is hard to find people who are equally you know aware of the truth so oftentimes you wind up in relationships with people like this like like Jada and Will especially if you're surrounded by you know this Hollywood culture where they would of course support that they're always 
the leaders of the dominant narrative. They're always, you know, playing into whatever the dominant narrative is. So, you know, especially people like that who are constantly surrounded by that, they're even more, they're buying into this lie even more. So most of the people you're surrounded by expect this behavior. Like most men in Hollywood would expect that behavior from a woman. I mean, of course, look at Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. They expect that behavior. It's very sad. And, you know, women, again, like I said, nobody's really happy. It's not like women are, you know, are dominating men here. I mean, yes, they are from that standpoint. However, it's, it's, it's sad because even the women aren't happy. They don't want to be in that role. They don't. Um, but yet we're, we're being lied to and we're told that we're, we're supposed to do that. And all we do is end up unhappy like Jada and Will obviously are. No, so I'm glad I'm glad that she transitioned into what I was what my next point was going to be is, you know, obviously the hot topic right now is Amber Heard, Johnny Depp. I have another clip that I want you to see kind of I know you haven't really been following it a little bit, but these are some of the audio clips that came out um, from it. And it's just kind of like another example of uh, kind of what we're talking about with like the girl boss mentality of, um, you know, like I can act a certain way in the household when no one else is, is looking and, and kind of how the culture has gone for women. All right, so go ahead. We're going to check this out. I didn't punch you, and by the I, way. You, I'm sorry that I didn't uh, you, uh, uh, hit you me. across the face in a proper slap, but I was hitting you. It was not punching you. Babe, you're not punched. Don't tell me what it feels like to be punched. You, you know, even a lot of fights have been around a long time. I know. Yeah, no, I when you fucking have a closed you fist. You get punched. You got hit. I'm sorry I hit you like this, but I did not punch you. I did not fucking deck you. I fucking was hitting you. you can't I don't know what me. the motion of my actual hand was, but you're fine. I did not hurt you. I did not punch you. I was hitting you. How are your toes? How, what am I supposed to do? Do this? How are your I, toes? I'm not sitting here bitching about it, am I? You are. Oh, That's the difference between me toes. and you. You're a fucking baby. Because you start you physical fights? You're such a baby! Because Grow you, the fuck off, Because you start Johnny. physical fights? I did start a physical fight. Yeah, you did, so I had because, to get the fuck out of there. Yes, you did. So you did the right thing, the big thing. The, you know what? You are admirable. Every single time. What, 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 what's your excuse? When there's not a physical fight, then what's the excuse there? You're still being admirable, right? Just by running away? So, I wanted to show you that. So, it kind of goes on to basically say that Johnny Depp just runs away basically every time Amber Heard hits him. And so the crazy part of this and like kind of why I wanted to talk about this a little bit more is I know we talk about men a lot all the time, but no one ever talks about the back end and how I think the perspective of men right now and, and, and the consequences of, okay, so Amber Heard is kicking the shit out of Johnny Depp. He's a, he's a not being a strong man. He should have just left her a long time ago. I will give you that, right? He's not being uh, very masculine. He's not, uh, he's putting up with this kind of fucking behavior. But at the same time, what happened and what people forget was when Johnny Depp decided to finally leave Amber Heard, she accused him of sexual assault. She, she accused him of physical violence. And guess what? Johnny Depp's career was ruined. He was fired from a major motion picture project. He was uh, destroyed his credibility in public society, um, everything. And this isn't like, this happened to Johnny Depp and it was completely false. There's evidence of it. There's every, everything under the book. There's people that will still not see a movie in it, but Johnny Depp, they can't have their mind changed because we now live in a culture uh, where it's like, leave all women. Uh, 
women can never be doing anything wrong. It's always a man's fault. Da 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 da. And so men feel like they have to put up with this, this these situations and be stuck in these situations um, of it. I know a lot of men that I've encountered Amber Heard's in the dating scene where you're like, shit, what do I do here? Right? Because mm-hmm. it's like this girl's willing to lie about me. Um, what do you say to conservative men that like deal with psychotic women like this? And it seems like we live in a culture that not only protects them, but props them up because the same studio that fired Johnny Depp Warner Brothers Studios owns Harry Potter also owns DC and Aquaman. And guess what? Amber Heard got a payday. Even after she found out, they found out that all of this was, was untrue. Right. Yeah, well, the problem with this whole woke culture thing is that it's kind of seeped into our justice system as well. So this is, you know, one of the first cases where I think people are actually starting to see the truth about what happens in a, you know, a divorce case like this between Johnny Depp and and uh, Amber Heard. This is this is actually kind of a breakthrough moment in society. So I'm, I'm happy to see that people are being sort of sympathetic towards his position, because what happens is a lot of women can get away with, you know, scot-free with a lot of these accusations um, because the culture is so heavily dominated by believe all women and, and everything like that. And especially when it comes to domestic violence situations, they typically side with the women. Now, what's interesting is, you know, you look at a lot of the statistics, a lot of the domestic violence uh, abuse that actually happens are in lesbian couples. No one talks about that, but there is a pretty heavy uh, domestic violence culture there because uh, women are not, you know, these angels all the time that we're, we're you know, told that we are by the dominant narrative. I mean, obviously, in, uh, in like, previously in history, women have behaved a little bit more feminine. They've been a little bit more feminine. But nowadays, because they're told to be these girl bosses, I think it kind of inflames this. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously, Amber Heard needs help. She's clearly uh, not, uh, not all there mentally. And uh, so I hope she gets that help. So I'm not saying that there's any excuse for her behavior at all. I'm just saying that you know, this is what this culture has. It's given women a false sense of entitlement, a false sense of empowerment that, you know, has been very, I would say, toxic, which is ironic because the left says that all the time about men. Uh, but basically, you know, I think what's happening here is for the first time ever, there's a case where people are seeing the truth about what happens to men in these in these divorce cases. And that's why you have to look at these situations and be critical of it. Because And there are plenty of people who have experienced this. So you'd think that society would have a better understanding of what really goes on uh, when men are, you know, treated this way. Uh, but, you know, what's also difficult is when you listen to that recording, uh, you know, if, if had, he, had he punched her or had he done anything, then it would have put him in, even, in an even worse spot. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. So, of course, he's not going to hit back. Of course, he's not going to do anything. Not that I think uh, he necessarily should have. I think as far as your question as to what, what should happen, what conservative men should do, I think we need to all be just living in the truth. And what that means is if you're living in the truth, then you're not going to date a woman like Amber Heard. You're going to ignore everything that society tells you about dating women like her who are abusive, who are, you know, very dominant and too, you know, you know, basically like there's, there's I'm sure there were red flags about Amber that Johnny Depp ignored. Uh, because he was told to ignore her because she's just this amazing uh, badass woman who's, you know, she's just strong. That's what it is. It's, it's so funny how, like, women uh, talk about how they ignore red flags in men and how men have all these red flags that they just ignore. It's like, actually, I would say that there's a big problem with red flags in women that women bring out um, that men uh, are just told to ignore. It's more normalized. They don't call it red flags because in society it's totally fine. 
She's just a strong woman. If she like is verbally abusive, she's just a strong woman. She's putting you in your place, right? You know, and that's what's so screwed up about all of this. It's so one-sided. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say as far as my advice goes, uh, if you are truly looking for the right woman, if you are truly, you know, operating in the truth, you will not date a woman like Amber Heard to begin with, in which case you wouldn't be in this position. So, you know, I hate to, I hate to say, to put it that way, because obviously it's, you know, I'm just saying it's preventable. And I think uh, that's what happens. That's the consequences of living this lie. You, you end up in situations like this. Yeah, I mean, from personal experiences, man, is sometimes you don't realize you're dating Amber Heard until you realize you're dating Amber Heard. Like, it's one of those moments where it's not until that pot is getting thrown at you, you're like, oh, this relationship. <laughs> they're, they're usually that's true. That, aha, and, and that, that aha moment. So, you know. Uh, right. No, I mean, and, that, and that's and that's fair because I am thinking now, like, I mean, it, it is like even for women who get who do get a new. And that's another point I wanted to bring up. This kind of trivializes actual abuse case cases. It's the same thing as with like rapes and everything like that. Like when women lie about those things, it trivializes actual rape cases because it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. You know, those actual cases where it is a serious allegation and it did happen they don't get the right attention because then there are people who are like, all right, not another one of these. And that it shouldn't be that way. It, it should be that we take this more seriously and we are looking at this fairly. Um, but yeah, in those, in those situations, I think what's going to, what it's really going to take to make it so that things change and that women and men are treated equally in, in the system rather than just, you know, women are given more of a, or favored in the system, basically. I think uh, it's just going to take a an eye opening situation like this one that we're seeing with Amber and Johnny. So I do have a lot of hope that this is really bringing to light because this is the first high profile case where that's happened. Like everybody's watching this, even people who aren't particularly political, and they can see for themselves, like, oh wow. Like I even saw liberals post on Facebook. They were calling this like liberals I went to high school with. They were calling this toxic femininity, which I was like, huh, interesting. I'm surprised that you would be you know, not believe all women about this. So it's good to see that because it's good to see that people are aware or becoming aware of the real problem that this is. No, absolutely. You know, I, I know we've spent a lot of time, you know, like, okay, this guy's not doing it right. Monday morning quarterbacking. Is there anybody in like public society right now that, you know, we can point to that are just like, hey, you know what? This guy seems to be doing it right. Uh, you mean as far as like in a relationship? Or, well, I mean, just being a conservative man or, you know, manly masculine, like if you were like, you know, like, oh, yeah, to easy. save Anna, yeah, to save uh, Anna from looking like a man hater. Is there somebody out there that you're like, you know what, these are some guys that are doing it right. Here's some examples of people. That, Ron DeSantis. Know. Ron DeSantis is a great family man. You see him and his wife. They're obviously very close. Um, he has, you know, a great family. He's very, they're very supportive of each other. It's, you can tell that it's um, a very equal relationship in the sense that they both lean on each other a lot and I've always looked at that and I've I've always thought that was a very uh the perfect model of I think a relationship um obviously I don't know what their relationship is really like so I could be completely off like you can be with anybody's relationship but as far as the way that they uh seem to be on the outside they do seem to be a, a, I think a good a great couple no absolutely and so you know you kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit you know what uh the changing, I guess it's like the Overton window, right? You know, of like, of what that perfect couple is, um, what a man and a woman is. Um, and then, you know, we, we alluded to it earlier in the show, you know, CNN plus 
gone. Netflix is losing subscribers. Disney is losing subscribers. Seems like everywhere we look in media, um, you know, just so many people are, you know, on the downfall. Um, do you think this is a lot of society um, kind of pushing back and, and on all of this stuff? And so before you answer that, I have a clip from Netflix. They're releasing a documentary on Amber Combrey and Fitch. And I don't know if you've seen this yet, um, but basically, uh, as a kid who grew up in the Amber Combrey and Fitch era, that was like the risque era, yeah. right? Like if you wore Amber Combrey, it was very risque. And now it's being framed as basically white conservative um, ex- exclusivity. So I want you to just uh, check this out and, and we'll, we'll talk about it. You know that you're getting close. When you're hit with the smell of Abercrombie. The nightclub beats and bare-chested, gun bare-chested guys. It was such a pop culture phenomenon. It was an all-American look. And I considered myself an all-American girl. (laughs) Oh, make me over. Abercrombie and Fitch said, we go after the cool kids. If they didn't look a certain way, they didn't belong in our clothing. Are we exclusionary? Absolutely. As a manager, you have to recruit good-looking people. And this is what good-looking is. Young, thin, and white. Abercrombie rooted themselves in discrimination at every single level. There's a reason people liked that brand. Exclusion is part of our society. They were also firing people on the basis of their looks. Abercrombie said it wasn't that we were being racially discriminated against. It was that we weren't good-looking enough. They literally made so much money. Exclusion was the root of their success. was the root of their success. So basically that was the clip, right? So it's, it's so funny now because for me, it's like the left is now retconning history and going back and going, wow, look at these conservative white people. And you know, like these American people and the all American image is now white people and good looking. And like, this is how it's exclusionary and how it's racist and pushing women and men into these boxes. Right. And it's like, how can conservatives go, well, we want to get back to where we are. And then and the left continue to retcon and go, well, what they were was the Amber Convery and Fitch models that you hated in high school. Remember those fucking people? No one liked those people. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, when I was in high school, it was the people who had a Hillary Clinton shirt and Amber Convery jeans on that were being the biggest assholes uh, that I remember. I don't remember many conservatives yeah. even wearing Amber Convery. I mean, I don't know. I was a cool kid. That's I was a really emo kids, but. Go ahead. No, that's a really great point. They, what they're doing is they're telling us, they're putting race where it doesn't belong, first of all. Because I don't remember Abercrombie being race-specific or anything. I do remember it being fairly expensive and being, like, very in. I didn't grow up rich, so, like, I couldn't just go to Abercrombie and be like, Mom, buy me this. But I remember it being this huge cultural you know, phenomenon. Everybody shopped, or everybody wanted to shop, I should say, at Abercrombie. And, you know, uh, that mentality, that, that's what sells, like, you want to, obviously, as a, as somebody who owns a comp, if you own a company, you want to hire attractive models. You want to hire people who are going to sell the product. 
So what they're doing is they're conflating that with race, which is not true. Race had nothing to do with, with Abercrombie at all. I don't remember ever thinking they were racist. So great point on that. What they do is they go back in history and they, you know, they, they tell us that it's something happened that didn't happen. Um, I'm Hispanic, obviously. I, I don't remember there being an issue with me wearing Abercrombie. I don't remember me being an outlier in wearing Abercrombie because of my race. Um, I did, you know, but I, but I do remember it being sort of not really an exclusive brand. Again, not on the basis of race at all. It was more just expensive. So if you were middle class, you couldn't afford it. And to your point, yeah, a lot of conservatives couldn't afford it. A lot of people who, you know, a lot of conservatives do aren't, don't really value money as much as the left does. We value family. And a lot of us work blue collar jobs. We can't afford that kind of thing, especially for kids who are growing. Why would you spend, you know, I guess back then, probably the prices comparable today wouldn't be as expensive because of inflation. But, you know, I guess the equivalent today, I'm not going to buy my son or daughter a $100 t-shirt if, you know, they're nine years old and they're growing. That's absurd, you know. Uh, but that was that was what it was. It was mostly to target wealthier people. They did want to target the cool kid. But guess what? I have news for them. Just like you said, uh, that was those were the leftists. Those were people who, you know, it's always been the leftists who control most companies, who make the most money. Uh, and so that's what you're seeing there, to your point. It wasn't like this, you know, it wasn't like these white conservative rich kids at all. It wasn't like that at all. Um, I, again, I don't remember race ever being a factor for starters. And two, I don't, rem and also politics, to be honest, wasn't even on the forefront of my mind. I just literally saw it as a more expensive brand that my parents were not going to buy me that often. So I, you know, that's my take on, and now, now it's just some brand nobody actually shops at. Uh, I, I will say they have good jeans. I, I bought jeans from them re recently, um, which I'm not like proud of, but <laughs> they're, they're comfortable. They're good. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where they do try to change history for us to see it, for it to fit their narrative essentially, because obviously I don't remember being Abercrombie racist. I'm sure being racist, I'm sure you don't. And again, I think what this, I, I want to go back to the, the model thing, because I think that this whole idea that we need, that we can't have attractive models is absurd. Like this idea that I, that you're going to want a fat woman or a mentally ill man that thinks it's a woman uh, to dress up in your clothes and sell that product. Like they're not going to sell anything. It's why Victoria's Secret sales have tanked over the years. I mean, they can't even do their fashion show, which everybody loved watching because it was a bunch of beautiful women. It was almost like going to see like the Taj Mahal. It was just this, you know... It, it was a beautiful sight. It was a, it was just a show, you know, that's people want to see that it's entertainment. That's what entertainment is. Um, it's just, we, we're taking beauty out of everything. Um, not to say that, I mean, the modeling industry has its flaws. I'm not supporting eating disorders and all of that. I'm aware of that, but, uh, it's just so absurd to me that you're not allowed to hire normal, like fit, attractive models. Like, so what if they're white or black, I don't care what the race is. I'm not looking at that. Uh, I'm just, if it looks good on the, on the model, you're, you're more likely to want to buy it. So I think there's this whole attack on honestly beauty, this attack on being fit every, they want us fat, lazy, and mentally ill. And that's why they're, and the models that they want us to hire reflect that. So if you do anything that deviates from that, then they have a problem with you They're You know, it's not fitting what they want you to do. No, absolutely. And it kind of conflates with kind of what I was go going back with the beginning is, you know, CNN plus Netflix, 
uh, Disney Plus, they're all putting out documentaries like this where, you know, they're going back and retconning history and it just seems like they're losing more and more subscribers uh, as they're trying to push and, and shove this liberal agenda, not only on us, but on our kids. Um, it, people, it seems like people have had enough of it. Do you think uh, this is going to be the final turning point in media? You know, as somebody who's, who, who is in media and deals with it every day, we've always dreamt of this moment, right? Where it's like, oh, to one day. One day, the people are going to start leaving leaving the uh, liberal media, and it looks like it's finally happening. Do you think this is just a flash in the pan type movement, or do you think this is uh, probably something bigger, uh, longer term? Uh, I, I mean, we're starting to see conservatives up as much as seventeen points um, in mid coming up in the next midterms. Is this just a reactionary moment, or um, is it just a flash, you know, or something bigger? Well, I will say, I think sometimes you have to take uh, two steps back, what is it, or one step back to take two steps forward, whatever the, the saying is. Anyways, bottom line is, I think what happened is people saw Trump, they were brainwashed by the dominant narrative to think he was this evil Nazi. Um, and then now they saw, I think, having, obviously, you know, the presidency was stolen from him, but then, you know, Biden comes in, weasels his way into the Oval Office, and now they're seeing, that sort of what happened there is, I know that wasn't that doesn't sound like it has anything anything to do with the cultural aspect, but it really does because we saw so we experienced how it was under like this under Donald Trump under you know a conservative president under somebody who uh, was standing for conservative values in the White House, and now we see what it's like under Joe Biden. So the left got everything they wanted and more, and guess what? Things are just worse. The economy's tanking. Our culture's gone to shit. Everything is a mess. So I think now it's become clearer than ever, ever for people that, okay, we tried it our, we tried it the left's way and it didn't really work. So, you know, I think, I think we're done with that. And I think that's what we're seeing happen right here is this is, this is all happening at a really crucial time with all of these, you know, with, with CNN plus tanking, with all of these crazy woke documentaries coming out, um, you know, this is all happening at a time when we also have this, you know, mentally deteriorated man who's leading our country. And we're seeing, and, and also, you know, we have, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi, who's leading this January 6th thing. It's just so much is happening while the left is in charge. We gave them everything they wanted. Well, we didn't give it to them. They stole it. But we gave them everything. They, they have everything that they want, they've ever wanted. And guess what? Life is actually a lot worse than it was when conservatives were in control. When, you know, and it started happening in 2018 when like AOC and, and Ilhan Omar and all those terrorists took over, you know, Congress, uh, it started to happen midway through, like during the midterms under Trump. And then, and then the final straw was Trump losing and then everything just fell apart in America more so than it ever has and faster than it ever has. And I think that's really woken people up because you can't, you can't possibly sit here. And, and I, my sister, for example, she's the biggest leftist you'll ever meet. She doesn't even, she's like, she won't even talk about Biden. She doesn't talk about, you know, how great he is. And, and, you know, she doesn't ever, I, I don't think she's happy with him. She, a lot of these people, I think what happens is they don't want to admit the truth. And especially with COVID, I mean, how could I forget COVID, the biggest sham in history? Um, you know, people saw what happened when you gave the, the government a little bit more power. You know, a lot of people, even I think Republicans were told uh, in the beginning, wear your mask. And they were like, okay, I guess I'll wear this stupid piece of cloth, you know? How bad could it be? And then what happens is you give an inch, they take a mile and they've controlled our culture. They've controlled our government. They've controlled our lives in every single way possible. And not once have they made it an, 
even an ounce better. They've made it actually a whole lot worse. And you cannot deny it. It's just undeniable. And they may not say it out loud, like I said, like my sister won't talk about it, but they know in their hearts that this is a disaster. They've gotten everything they wanted and more, and it's a disaster. And that's really what we're seeing. Just everything's falling apart. Because it, it couldn't just be, you know, uh, these crazy woke documentaries that are happening. It couldn't just be, I mean, that are coming out. It couldn't be just COVID. It couldn't be just, it wasn't going to take one thing. It had to happen. All of these disastrous things had to happen at once in order for the country to wake up. And I think that's what's happening because I don't know about you, but I haven't heard a whole lot of liberals excited for the midterms or excited for 2024. Like they're not going to win and they know it. No, absolutely. And I think, I think you really hit the nail on the head where it, it, it just seems like the, the, the constant difference, even though it is aggravating as a conservative is that, you know, when conservatives take power, they argue so much about what to do with it that nothing ever gets done. Uh, we saw that a lot with Paul Ryan when he was in Congress. Uh, you're like, oh, okay, we're going to repeal Obamacare, and we wasted two years with the supermajority in the House and Senate doing that. Um, with the liberals, it seems like you know when they get power, it's like it can't just be um, you know minimum payments, you know, uh, for COVID relief. It can't just be uh, free education. It can't just be CRT. It can't just be ge gender identity. It's got to be everything under the belt. You know, we got to have the Green New Deal. We got to be sending billions of dollars to Ukraine. We got to, uh, you know, rush a uh, evacuation out of, of Afghanistan. We have to do everything all in these terms. Um, and we got to ram everything down your throat as while we still have power and uh, you know even some of the liberals uh, that I've been talking to exactly what you were saying is they don't conflate Biden with liberalism now it's like it's almost like they don't want to own him at all it's like oh you know I'm a liberal right. and I agree with this policy but I don't like Joe Biden and you're like well did you vote for him and you're like yeah and you're like what the fuck did you expect man like this is this is what you want. This is what the, the outcomes of liberal policies are. Um, and so it, it is good to see people like what you, you were talking about, Ron DeSantis sticking up for it, uh, having fatherhood initiatives and things like that. Um, I guess the final question is um, kind of, you know, as we're running a little low on time, how do we get back to stability, right? You know, obviously we're seeing this reactionary force. Um, how do we get back to stability? What is the winning message? Because, you know, as much as I want to say it's family values and, Pro, pro life and all these, uh, you know, pro American values. Um, Republicans have been saying this for decades and decades and decades. Is this the election cycle that's probably going to be breaking through with this message? Like, okay, well, liberals got what they wanted, and this is how your family looks now. Um, is it the is it the old conservative values, or what's the you know what's the stability message that kind of bring everything back, um, back nineteen steps where it needs to be because we've gotten way out of control. Right. Well, I think the. The beauty of what's happened amidst all of this uh, chaos is that it's kind of like that show don't tell idea. Sure, conservatives for years were telling people conservative values, conservative values, although I think that they were more saying it than actually doing anything about it, like I was saying earlier. Uh, they've kind of ignored the family for a while, but I think now people can see it. They're seeing what happens when you don't, you know, embrace those values. And the truth is, they're not even conservative values. And I think that's becoming. Uh, people are starting to realize that now more than ever, because even a, even if you are the biggest Democrat in the world and you, you love voting for, you know, you, you gave so much money to Hillary Clinton, you know, you probably don't want your child to be a transgender. You probably don't want your child even to be gay. 
You know, you probably want your child to be uh, whatever your child was when they were born, you know, a, a beautiful baby girl or boy. Like, these are things that anybody can see. They just don't want to say it because they're scared to. And so you have even a lot of, like, I, for example, I grew up in a very uh, traditional area, but it is fairly liberal. And what you see there is it's a very, it's kind of this weird dynamic because people, I grew up outside of Philly, it was the main line. And you see these people who are, they have these very traditional families, and yet they vote for people like AOC. Not that, I mean, they don't live in New York, obviously, it's not their district, but they vote for those types of people. And it's like, huh, that's weird because nothing about your lifestyle is anything that she supports. So I think they're starting to realize the disconnect there and their voting patterns. They're starting to see, okay, maybe I should stop voting for all these people who speak in hypotheticals and start voting for people who actually speak to reality and the lifestyle I want to live, you know? And, and just because you vote that way doesn't mean that you want all transgenders to die. Just because you vote that way <laughs> doesn't mean you want to round up all the transgenders in the world and, and stick them in a concentration camp. That's absurd. Nobody believes that. And But that they've been brainwashed by the media that if they don't vote a certain way, if they don't vote for Joe Biden, AOC, all these crazy far leftists, that they're, they're somehow against the far left. No, you're voting for people who, you know, who, who, are, who will support policies that support your lifestyle, that support your interests. That's a totally normal thing to do. And I think what, what, what's happened is they, people have voted for hypothetical things that, that don't happen and things that they don't genuinely want on their own family. And I think um, that's what it's going to take to change things is for people to really look at themselves in the mirror and say, do I really want to vote for somebody that's going to, you know, allow men in women's bathrooms and women in men's bathrooms? Or is that just something in theory that I'm told is a good thing, but in practice may not actually work out that well for my 10 year old daughter, you know, in elementary school? No, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And so First of all, you know, as, you know, as we're kind of running low on time, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, if people want to get more Anna Perez, where do they go? Uh, give them, you know, where do we go for your show and all of that stuff? Give us your plugs. Well, thank you for giving me the time to say this. Um, yeah, my show is at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, every Saturday. Every Saturday, it's a weekly show. I also produce The Water Cooler, and I sometimes fill in as well as the fill-in host. Uh, so that airs at 3 p.m. on weekdays. It's a great show. I write a lot of the content. Um, David Brody's an amazing host, so you can catch him there hosting as well. Uh, also, I'm on Instagram, Truth Social, Gab. I, I like Gab a lot. Um, I, I, I went through a phase of using it a lot, but I want to use it more. Um, and Getter, of course. So find me all there, Anna Perez DC. Thank you. Thank you, James. I really appreciate it. No, of course. Thank you, thank you for, for coming on. Uh, everybody, make sure that you uh, like, subscribe, uh, You know, hit that follow button, um, and I'll definitely make sure that we uh, add the links below to Anna Perez if you want to catch more of her content. Uh, thanks, everybody, and we'll catch you again next week.